Y'all have picked a great day uh, to be here, to be in the house of the Lord. I'm really excited uh, about this message, really a new uh, sermon series, a new message that we're kicking off today. Uh, And really this message had to come alive in my life this week. This message had to come alive in my life this week. So it's amazing how that works sometimes. Uh, But I'm excited because I believe I'm not the only one that was struggling this week, right? So there's hope in what we are going through. Uh, And so this message is really going to be a message about surrender. Surrendering to the, the, not just the authority of God, but the sovereignty of God. Uh, Because, right, we all want to serve God. We want to live for God. Uh, And we all want the blessings of God, right? Sometimes we just want the blessings and we don't want to do the rest of it. Uh, The Lord really showed me through this that we can't have the blessings of God if we haven't surrendered, fully surrendered our lives to Him, right? So this message is titled, Riding Shotgun. Somebody say shotgun, right? Only in Holly Pond can we preach a message with shotgun in the title. I love my guns. Amen. So if I can slip shotgun in the title, let's do it. Come on, somebody. This is Holly Pond, Alabama, right? And so really, this is what we're talking about, that surrender of the Lord. You know what? Sometimes we got to move out of the way and say, God, come in. Actually, we have to do that every single day. But see, this message uh, is really for some of us who have been living for God for a while. (laughs) Who's been living for the Lord at least for a year? Pretty much everybody in here, and if, you, if you're newly coming to the Lord, don't check out. Keep listening. I got a lot for you today, too. But really, I want us to hone in on those of us who have been living for God for a while because see what happens is uh, when we first come to God, surrender is easy, right? Because I'm desperate. I'm broken. God, I need you. I need a miracle in my life. And guess what? He does, right? And then what happens, though? We are soon to forget all that God has done. And we begin to to, to to kind of take control of our lives back. And we forget to thank them. And we're actually experiencing all the external blessings that God has given us. And those external blessings in our lives, because you start living for God, guess what? Your life comes back together. You know what? You have healthy relationships. You might buy a house. You might get engaged. You might get married. You might have a baby. All these amazing things happen. They're off the blessing from God. But they actually become, can become a hindrance. Because it, 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 it lets me forget what, where they all came from. And so we need to remember uh, that that comes from the Lord. And so we're talking about all seasons, areas of our lives this morning. I want to go ahead and let's look at that first point as we kick this thing off. Okay? So living a life of faith oftentimes looks, somebody say looks, looks like an extended road trip. <laughs> You know what? We're in a long-distance race, right? Anybody ever been on an extended road trip, right, with the family? We don't just get to heaven. We have things that we have to go through, that we walk through, the things that we're going through in our lives before he calls us home. And so that's what our faith looks like, right? And so I wanted to give us that picture today as we're talking about riding shotgun and surrendering surrender our lives unto the Lord. Right? So, see, we sometimes, spiritually, this is what happens. We set the cruise. We get relaxed. And we often find ourselves what? Lost, frustrated, wondering, how have I gotten here? 
God, how in the heck did I get here? Here's the answer. It's usually because we're leading ourselves and we're doing life our way instead of God's way. Hear me. We got to be very careful not to get spiritually lazy. Spiritually lazy. And this is why I'm talking to us Christians that have been living for God for a while. Because sometimes we can get into this routine thing where I'm just spiritually checking off boxes, right? I'm doing my quiet time, check the box. I prayed that prayer today, I checked the box. And we're doing the things out of routine and out of, out of habit. We've set the cruise, so to speak. I'm driving, I'm in control of my own life. I'm putting Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit on the back burner. And I get lost, I get angry, I get frustrated. I'm trying to do things my way and I wonder, God, why do I feel this way? And he's probably standing there thinking, man, I'm right here. Invite me in. Let me take over. Right? And sometimes, what will we do? We'll even maybe even blame God for the trials and tribulations that I'm going through. And God the whole time saying, just invite me in. Right? Don't forget that I'm here. We may feel lost. We may feel heartbroken. We may feel depressed from the election. But he does not leave us nor forsake us. Right? We have to activate our faith. You have to activate your words. You have to activate uh, the, not just positivity. you got to activate life in your life. Amen. For him to begin to work in our lives. Uh, and here's the cool thing. When I let God lead. When I let God drive my life, guess what? I don't get lost. <laughs> I won't get lost. You know what? He knows the way. He knows the way to the journey of life that you're on. Let me prove it to you. Look at uh, our first scripture, John 14, 5 through 7. Right? It says, uh, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. Y'all remember doubting Thomas? Right? Old, old, old Thomas, how could you doubt? We have a tendency to read God's word and remove ourselves from the, from the, uh, the equation, right? Because we have all the answers and we know how everything works out. And we think, how could you miss it, Thomas? Guess what? We all do the same thing, if we're honest. And he says, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, what? I am the way. I am the, and I am the life right i am the way the truth and the life jesus says no one can come to the father except through me if you had really known me you wouldn't know uh who my father is from now on you do know him and have seen him right see here's the thing this is why we're all like thomas jesus has explained to the disciples that he's going away to prepare a place that his time is getting soon here on earth right and Thomas says, how are we supposed to know the way? No, we don't know. See, because as believers, we know that God knows the way. But see, I don't know the way that God is going to take. So I get lost. I get frustrated. That's why I want to do things my way. Because I trust in my own ways. But what does Jeremiah 29, 11 says? For I know the plans and the future that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for future and a hope. 
And so I have to trust in him and in his ways, and his ways are outside of the way that we live and operate in this place. Come on, somebody. This is why I need him in my life, right? And so if I'm lost, if I'm broken down, if I have a flat tire, so to speak, on the side of the road of life, right, Jesus is always the answer. We just read it. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. All you got to do is invite him, right? This leads me to my next point. And so as believers, one of our primary roles as a follower, somebody say follower, of Jesus Christ is to let him lead, right? That is self-explanatory. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. He is supposed supposed to be leading us, and I'm supposed to be following him, right? That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what it's supposed to be like. But in a lot of our lives, in certain areas of my life, I'm following him. In other areas of my life, I'm stiff-armor God saying, you know what? I'm not ready. Not yet. And it's still causing death and decay and destruction and, uh, and all these things in my life. Okay? The second part of that statement says, so we have to be willing on a daily basis to surrender our lives and say, Jesus, take the wheel. Right? Today, I'll sit shotgun. Right? Let me stop. Right? Let's all sing it together. I know you all think, right? Jesus, take the wheel. I can't hit the high notes, right? We'll give credit to, to Carrie Underwood, right? And I was, as I was coming up with this message, I wanted to say something different, something better, something not as cliche, but you know what? She just said it best. She said it best. Jesus, take the wheel. Today, I'm going to sit shotgun, sit back, and watch you work in my life. You know what? And as this election stuff's going on, I had to walk this out this week. Let me stress, I, since being restored uh, at the Sunshine House in Liberty Church uh, and at the Arab campus over six, seven years ago, I have not experienced a spiritual toughness in my life like I did this week. And I had to spiritually say, Jesus, I trust you. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I was prideful. Maybe I was arrogant. Maybe I wasn't crying out to you enough. Right? And so today, I'm going to sit shotgun. I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to let you do you. I'm going to let Jesus, you do you. No one does better Jesus than Jesus. We're supposed to look like him and act like him and talk like him and sound like him. Right? But only he can do the Jesus things. Right? And so the point is to invite God. The point is to invite God during the good times and in the bad, right? Because when things are going bad, Jesus take the wheel is easy. When I was struggling, Jesus take the wheel is easy. But when things are going good and I think I got it under control and things are coming into place, maybe I'm going the wrong way. I'm not saying, Jesus, take the wheel, I'll sit shotgun because I got this. Right? And then that's when you're one step away from crash and burn. Right? Crash and burn ain't no fun. It ain't no fun. And sometimes it may be your last crash and burn, depending on what it is. Let's read Psalms 23, 1 through 4. I love, I love, I love, I love this scripture. Right? It's a famous scripture. It's on t-shirts and coffee mugs and Backpacks and everything, right? But it really came alive to me in a different way this week. 
right? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams, and he renews my strength. He what? He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, right, I will not be afraid. I will fear no evil, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. David understood who his father was. David, even all these years ago, understood the role that his father played in his life, and he understood his own role. God, you're a shepherd. What do shepherds do? They lead the sheep. He sees, he recognizes, he knows that when when he leads, when he's my shepherd, I'm taken care of. He leads me where I'm supposed to go. He's not going to lead me into danger. I get to find rest. I get to find peace. I find um, um, provision in my life. Right? He understood the role of his father, that a shepherd leads and we are to follow. So let's bring it into modern day context, right? A shepherd leads the sheep. As we drive the metaphorical car of our lives, how does Jesus lead us? By driving. And I sit shotgun. And we get to have, what does Pastor Rick say? Some windshield time. Right? See, because I need, not, I want the blessings of God, and I need the power of, of the Holy Spirit in my life, right? Here's the thing. We just skip the presence of God because you can't have the power of God unless you first experience his presence. It's his presence that brings his power. And to experience his presence, I have to get alone with Jesus. See, I want his power but I don't necessarily want to give him the 10 minutes of that intimate time where it's just me and him cruising. And I get to hang out with my daddy God, right? What's going on today, God? Where are we going? Not where am I taking you. Where are we going? What are we doing? What's really going on, right? David understood this. Let's read Psalm, another Psalms, 51, 22, right? Give your burdens to the Lord. He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Crash and burn, in other words, right? And so, you know what? God, he gives us some good, holy burdens in our lives. To, to things to pray for, things to, 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 to believe for. You know what? And there is even a righteous indignation, a righteous anger that we, we can walk in. Did you know that? An anger that you and I can walk in over the results right now of this election. Remember Jesus, uh, when he went into the temple, right? He actually was so mad he took some time. He began to braid a whip. <laughs> Talk about mad. He was taking his time, braiding a whip. Then he went in there. What did he do? He started breaking, throwing over the tables. He said, well, you have made my father's house into a den of thieves. And he did all that without sinning. You can stand for truth. You can speak truth. You can get mad and not sin. But guess what? You better have the presence of God first so that you can walk in the power and the authority of God. Right? Here's the key. Pastor Ian, I hear what you're saying. How do I stay in this place? Right? This place of intimacy, this place of surrender, right? Uh, with the Lord. And it's, the Lord has made it very clear, as plain as day. The key to staying in the shotgun seat is brokenness and desperation. That's your key. 
Are you desperate for his presence? Are you broken and need some fixing? Guess what? I've been living for God for a while now, and Ian's still broke. I am far from perfect. I need my Lord. I need my Savior. I need his presence. I need his spirit in my life. Not just for me, for my family, for my church, for everybody I come in contact, for target pest control. Right? The key to staying in the shotgun seat is, is desperation and brokenness. Let's look at that next point. The next point I want to give you today. So, here's the thing. God, he doesn't want to control your life. Okay, he wants to be a part of it. Let me stop there for a moment. Because this is a hindrance. This is a little whisper from the enemy. This is a thing that gets Christians from taking that step of faith. It's even that thing that makes a non-believer step into that place of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you and get born again and get saved again. It's, if I say yes to God, he's going to control my life. He's going to say, no, there's some things that I can and can't do. Is that true? Yes, if you live for God, there are some things that you can and can't do. But God, he does not control us. Ian doesn't drink because God controls me. I don't drink because I love God. Do you see how that works? The enemy is flipped. The enemy will control you. You start out drinking and using drugs because it's fun. Before you know it, you don't have a choice anymore. There will never be a day that God will say, you know what, you don't have a choice to live for me today or deny me today. You can live for him today or deny him today if you want. That is not control. There's a difference. The second part of that statement, when he's a part of it, when he's a part of our lives, what he can then begin to influence it. And that's what he wants to do. He first wants you to know that he loves you. And then because you know that he loves you, you want to serve him because you know that to be true. And now my decisions are influenced. My life is influenced. And I'm doing things like I never thought I could do. Ian, when he was drunk, used to do things that he would never do sober. As a Christian, are you doing things that you would never do without the presence of God? Are you out testifying to people? Are you out maybe ministering, doing something for the glory of God that you know you can't do alone? That you can only do it by him, through him, because of him? Right? It's influence, not control. Influence. Right? So when we surrender by letting him lead or drive our lives, not only are we along for an amazing ride, somebody say amazing ride, but we get to watch him work. We get to then remove ourselves from all the chaos, all the frustration, all the things that are going right, going wrong, and I get to sit back in the shotgun seat and watch my daddy God work. Signs, miracles, and wonders. Come on, somebody. Want some signs, miracles, and wonders in your life? Get out of the driving seat and stop trying to do God's job. And guess what happens? Here's the cool thing. When you start sitting shotgun, guess what? You can start enjoying the scenery of life. You can begin to start seeing and identifying the blessings of God that are already there that you forgot about. How great the, the, the journey is, the things that are going on. You get to talk and fellowship with him. And you know what? As, as I was broken and, and desperate for the election Thursday, crying in my car, or my truck, you know what? I began to see all the good things that were going on. You know what? We got rid of Doug Jones. Come on, somebody. That's a good thing. The Senate, it looks like the Republicans are going to hold on for the majority in the Senate. They, they thought they were going to take it over. And we actually gained six seats in the House of Representatives as it sits right now. Isn't it amazing how smart and wise our, our founding fathers were to set up such a balanced system? 
That even if we do lose the presidency, there's still checks and balances in our government. But it took the brokenness. It took me saying, Jesus, take the will for me to begin to see all the good stuff. So sit at his feet, and he'll begin to work those things, those signs, those miracles, those wonders in your life. Right? It's, it's that surrender that really is the key that unlocks those blessings. When I do it my way, I block the blessing. Somebody say block the blessing. When I do it my way, I block that blessing. And see, God, when I, when I sit shotgun, God wants to take us to exciting, amazing places. And he wants to show off on the way. As I was studying and preparing this week, as I always do for the message, I had a, um, a, a nice memory of my childhood. And I've shared that my parents, you know, I grew up, my parents were divorced. And uh, they made it work. We had uh, the healthiest divorce relationship I think you can maybe possibly have. But So I got to see my dad every other week. And he'd come and pick us up on Friday nights. And then we'd stay all weekend till Sunday, late Sunday. And I can remember, see, we didn't have cell phones back in the day, so we weren't connected during text all week. I maybe talked to him maybe once a week on the phone. And so when Friday came to go see my dad, we were so excited, me and my brother Ethan. And when he'd come in the driveway, man, we'd run outside. We were going to get to spend some time with dad this weekend, right? And when it was, we said, by the time it's time to go, what were we doing? We were fighting over who was going to ride shotgun. Because I want to ride shotgun. I want to spend time with dad in the front. Me and dad. Shotgun, no blitz, right? We did that in Michigan too. I don't know if that was an Alabama thing or not. It means you can't run if I say it first. And so, and my dad, he, he was an amazing dad. And he was so excited to... To, to, to have us for the weekend, and we'd get in the car, what are we doing, Dad? Where are we going, Dad? What's going on, Dad? What are we going to do this weekend? You know what? And he began to lay out a plan. You know what? And most Friday nights, it was, well, we're going to go to the store and get some, some snacks and food and all the good stuff, anything you want, and then maybe we'll go to Blockbuster. Anybody know what Blockbuster is? Rent some movies. And, and then after that, you know what? Maybe we'll take the long way uh, to my house, and we can go look for some deer. Because my dad, we, we, we loved looking at deer. and My dad could spot a deer for a minute. And so we take the long way. And so what if that's the type of anticipation and excitement that our God would love to see from his children on a daily basis? God, I can't wait to see you today. God, I want to get in the front seat. God, where are we going? What are we doing? What are we going to do this weekend, God? The anticipation in the church, I believe, needs to be ratcheted up to another level. Are you excited living for God? Or is it a duty? Is it a job? Is it a thing? I got the clothes. I got the shirt. I got the shoes. I got the coffee mug. But really, I'm not excited at all in my day-to-day life. Living for God, living for Jesus is exciting. Come on, somebody. If you're bored, you ain't doing it right. Just like my dad did, he can see all the sights, you'll do all the things, you'll get to spend time on the way there. Right? He wants to do those things for us. John 15, 9 through 11. It says, this is Jesus, right? He says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. It always boils down to the love of God. The love of God has to be the motivation for his children. 
right? And so this is the fathers of me, remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love. This is why God doesn't control us, right? Because if I remain in his love, I'll do his commands with no problem because he loves me and I love him. That's the key to doing his commands, remaining in who? Jesus and in his love. And then his commands will take care of themselves. I won't watch pornography. I won't drink. I won't do drugs. I won't cheat on my wife. I won't do all the things that the world says is okay because I'm abiding in Christ. Jesus, take the wheel, right? Verse 11, it says, have I told you these things? Oh, excuse me. I have told you these things so that you will be filled. Somebody say filled. Filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. See, everybody, everyone is looking for joy, looking for happiness, looking for that thing that only Jesus can give, but we're doing it all the wrong ways. We're, we're, we're looking for joy on Facebook. We're looking for joy on Instagram. We're looking for joy on Fox News. We're looking for joy for all this stuff. Since Thursday, I had turned the TV on. I had to tell my flesh no because my hope it, it does not come from the TV. It'll make you feel worse. So if something's making you feel worse, you better stop using that thing. Because I want joy. I want hope. I want peace. That can only come from abiding in Christ. Do you see that? Let's read that next scripture, John 15, 1 through 5. And so this same chapter, we just kind of did it in a different order based on kind of how we wanted to tie this together today. Here's the cool thing. I love how Jesus teaches because he gives pictures. Right? He gives a picture of the divine plan of God. It says, he says, I am, speaking of himself, I'm the, the grapevine. I'm the vine, but my father, he's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he, excuse me, he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce, somebody say produce, even more. You have already been pruned and purified by this message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce Fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. God wants his people, his children, to bear fruit. If we don't bear fruit, we're cut off. And actually, we read last week that we're what? Thrown into the fire. Right? So are you bearing fruit today? Is there good fruit that God can see in your life? Because here's the thing. Jesus says he's the vine. What did he call his father? A gardener, right? Has anybody ever had a garden? A couple hands going up. What happens when you get ready for that, that fruit? You know it's about time for that fruit to come out. Right? You get up probably early that morning. You go out there all excited looking at your garden. What do we got? What do we got? What kind of fruit we got? Right? And you begin to see the good fruit and pick the good fruit. What if God, every morning when he says, let there be light and the sun arise and in the east every day, he says, where is my fruit this morning? Where are my children? Where's, that? Where's somebody praising Jesus? Where's somebody in the word of God this morning? Where's somebody walking in the calling and the anointing on the things that only they can do on the belief in the son of God? Where are they this morning? And guess what? Every morning... He cuts off dead branches. Hear me. Don't be a dead branch. Somebody say dead branch. Dead branches don't bring about fruit. Amen? 
Abide in Christ and you will bear fruit. It's given. If you abide in the vine, you'll bear fruit. That next point. Here's really the cool thing, how God works. I kind of just said this. Don't think about the fruit. Think about abiding in Christ. If you abide in Christ, the fruit takes care of itself. And I believe the thing, one of the things that God loves most is just simple, is a willing, surrendered vessel. You and I, we have a body, we have a mind, a will, and emotions, and a spirit, but really we're just vessels. We're vessels for the gospel. We can be vessels for truth. We can be a vessel for evil. The enemy can use us. But are you willing and are you surrendered? Because if you are, you're probably just abiding in Christ, right? And we have to love God enough to trust him with all areas of our lives. Nothing is too big or too small. If it's important to us, it's important to Abba, right? If it concerns you, it concerns him. If it breaks your heart, it breaks his heart. He doesn't, he's a provider. He doesn't like to see his children struggling or, 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 or hurting or broken. If it's important to you, it's important uh, to him. And we we have to love him enough to trust him uh, with our lives, right? And so Jesus, right, he's, we say this almost every week, right? He's our, he's our standard. He's our measuring stick. I have to measure my life based on him and who he is, right? He's always the greatest example. So I want to show this to you in scripture today, right? John 14, John 14, 29 through 31. He says, I have told you these things before. Somebody say before. Before they happen so that when they do happen, you'll believe. I say these things before so it validates the word of God, right? It validates, but it's that stamp of truth. But that's a whole different message for a different day. But So verse 30, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. Everybody know who that is? We talked about him for the last five weeks. <laughs> the devil, right? He says, the devil's coming. My time's growing near. He approaches you. But here's the cool thing. He says, but he has no power over me. You read out New King James Version, it says, nothing in me. Jesus was totally empty other than being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? He was empty from all the things that the world tries to fill us with. Sin, anger, pride, jealousy, manipulation, the spirit of, of, of anti-God, right? He was empty of all those things. And this is the thing, he says, but I will do, somebody say do, what the Father requires of me. When you're empty and filled with nothing but the Holy Spirit, your obedience takes care of itself. You'll simply just do. And he says, so that the world will know that I love the Father. And that's why we do what we do too, because I do it out of my love for God. And Jesus demonstrated that for us, right? Jesus was only filled with the Holy Spirit and he was armed with the yes God, right? Send me, God, uh, Isaiah said. Where are we going, God? I, I got, what is it, Lord? What do you need me to do? I'll do it today. I'll sit shotgun today, right? 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 16 through 18. It says, always be joyful. Never, somebody say never. Stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Be thankful in all circumstances, even in the middle of a crazy election season. For it's God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. And never stop praying. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. Never stop praying. Right? Never stop praying. Here's the thing. If it concerns us, 
then we need to bring it before the king of kings. If it concerns us, we need to consult the king of kings. Right? Because he has an answer. He can help me. How do we consult the king of kings? Through prayer. Prayer is that divine connection to God. And so are you talking to God every day, all through the day? Or is it just, a, what, what's, your, what's your, uh, your text message thread with God or Jesus look like throughout the day? Is it just, boom, 6 o'clock, good morning, God, good morning, Horn Spiller, and they don't say nothing again until 8 o'clock when you get in bed? Or is there a running dialogue all day long? This is how we abide in Christ. This is how I ride shotgun. This is how I experience the presence of God. This is how I get the power of God by spending time with him throughout my day. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. Trust in him. Never stop praying. Right? Never stop praying. I say this all the time. If it's important enough to stress about, spend some time praying about it. Right? Because we stress ourselves out. We are stressed to the max, statistics say. It's all because of this right here. We're so connected to all the stuff that doesn't even matter. We're disconnected from the only thing that does matter. And I run circles and I get lost and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. It's because I'm not connected to him through my prayer life. If you're going to spend time stressing about it, spend some time talking to God about it. Right? See, because this is the thing. We have problems, right? We're human. We have problems. Some of us more than others, but I would say that's true, right? Anybody arguing? (laughs) But here's the thing. God doesn't have any problems. God only sees the solutions, right? Why do I need to be in a relationship with God? Not just because I love him, but because he probably has the solution to my problem. That leads me to my last point. So as I I wrap this up for you today, I always kind of pray, God, like, what's, what's that thing you want to stick today? What's... I'm aiming for a bullseye of this message. And if you didn't hear anything I said today, underline that first sentence. Get this in your spirit. Know this to be true because we experience problems. We have life. It comes fast. It comes hard. Uh, and if you don't rely on him, you're going you're gonna to find yourself miserable. So this first, this first sentence, the solution to your problem is always, somebody say always, more God. More God. Not more Facebook, not more Instagram, not more internet, not no more cell phone, not no more news, not no more whatever else, not more drugs, not no more whatever. It's more Jesus because he's a problem solver. He's a solution finder. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's why you got to say, okay, God, uh, stop the car first, the metaphorical car first. Say, Jesus, take the wheel. Get out. Get in the passenger seat. Start riding shotgun and say, where are we going, Jesus? Right? When we do life our way, we make God a passenger. We, we tote God in our little backpacks and stick him in our back pockets. And we make God a passenger in our journey of life. And when it gets tough and when it gets hard, I, get, I pull God out. Help me, God. That's backwards, you know. He's the creator. He's supposed to be driving. We're supposed to be riding. Somebody say riding. We must stop trying to get God involved with what we're doing and ask God if what we can do to help him with what he's doing. I got that last little uh, statement, that sentence in quotation marks. God, where are we going? And actually, I ask God this question a lot. I've been doing this a while. I think before me and Jessica even got together. It kind of goes hand in hand with good morning, Holy Spirit. Does anybody do that? Good morning, Holy Spirit. You might have to do good afternoon, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Good night, Holy Spirit, right? 
But this, this, this other statement kind of goes hand in hand. After I, after I meet with him, I say, okay, God, what are we doing today? Where are we going today? What's, on your, what's your bullet points of importance today? Who do I need to talk to today? See, I work a full-time job. See, I pastor a church full-time. See, I'm, I'm a new father. I'm a husband. I wear a lot of hats. And so I need to meet with him so I know the things that I have to do. I ask God, where's, where's the Westbrook's going today, next three weeks, next three months? God, where's Liberty Church Holly Pond right now? Where are we going the next three weeks, next three months? What do you want to do? I'll ride shotgun, right? Lead us, guide us. We need you. God knows your needs. He knows your needs. Stop telling him what he already knows. Maybe we keep telling him what he already knows because we already know the answer deep down inside. Am I talking to somebody? He's already done answered that. You just don't like the answer. Let me say, when he says no, sometimes it don't mean no. It just means not now. And so when I hear that, no, I rebel. And I kick God out of my car. Right? And I set the cruise. Turn the music up. All the distractions of the world. And I keep chugging on doing my own thing. So we need to be excited about getting to do life with the Creator. Getting excited to do life with him. Where are we going, God? Just like me and my brothers I shared. We're so excited to see my dad for the whole weekend. Are we that excited on a daily basis? Because to change our nation, it's going to take that, church. What's next, God? Where you go, God, I'll go. Right? Send me, Lord. There was a, an old uh, kind of classic Christian song. Some of you Christian OGs, you old school gangsters will remember this one. So. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will. Some of you know it, right? That, that, that's what it's supposed to look like. God, where you go, I want to go. When you, when you say stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. Right? Let's do this together, God. You take charge. You take control. Amen. You drive. I'm going to ride shotgun enjoy the scenery. Enjoy the blessings of my life. Now, see, I still have... Riding shotgun doesn't, doesn't mean I just sit there and do nothing, okay? There are going to be times when you're going to pray and decide you're not going to hear the voice of God, and you're just going to have to make a choice, okay? You pray about it, you believe, you just make a choice. That's why we really need, it's a whole other message, the importance of relationships in our life. You can't do life alone, and a lot of times the answer from God that you're not getting through your prayer is going to come through somebody else, and that's why you can't cut yourself off. Because that answer will come through somebody else. And so that's a whole other message for another day too. Right? That last scripture I want to give you. I really want to hit on that. that nothing's too big. Nothing's too small. God sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows where he wants to take you. Okay? And so we do that through prayer. And so James says here, he says, you, you desire but you do not have. Right? So you kill. I kind of thought about that as I read that. You know, he literally means kill but to spiritually bring that home to us today, you know, when we, when we, we desire but we don't have, we, we just kill. We, we snuff the life of God out. We say, okay, uh, I kill the life of God and, and I stay stuck. He says, but you covet, but you cannot get what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Sometimes we have not because we ask not. When you ask, do not receive. I'm, I'm sorry. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Somebody say motives. 
that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. See, God sees the heart, right? He sees the heart. It's motive, 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 motive. He's not just this genie that we can rub a lamp and get three wishes. That's not how our God works. It's all about the motive of your heart. That's why you have to abide in Christ. So you know his love, you experience his love, and you'll do what he asks you. Free and clear and free and charge, whatever. Because you love him. Everybody have a family? You do just about anything that your family asks, right? Because you love them. Xander, I will do, I'll go to the moon for him. And I don't even really know him all that well yet. I've only known him for four months. I'll lay my life down for him. That's our God. That's the motive of God. Do you love him enough to do what he asks? And so here's the last thing I want to leave you with. You can only get to where God wants you to. You can only get to where God wants you to if you let him lead and drive. I want to go where God wants me because it's going to give me joy. I can only get there when I let him lead and drive my life. The only way you can get to your dream is to surrender and allow God to take you. The only way you can get to that thing that you want, that dream for your life, that dream for your family, that dream for your ministry, is to let God take you himself. You can spin your gears, spin your wheels, go one way for five years, find out it was the wrong way, turn around, start going back another way five years on your own strength, your own power, your own thoughts, your own whatever, and you will be broke, busted, and disgusted. If you just surrender your life to him, let him influence your life because he's good, those things take care of themselves. You'll find yourself abiding in the vine on the right path to what it is he has for you. Amen? Amen. You all want to pray with me? So, Father God, Lord, I, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your, your physical word of God, the Bible. God, where we get your... We get to hear your voice and see you work. And Thank you for this on-time message. Lord, I pray it would be inspiring. I pray it would shake us up in this, this dark, even kind of, I don't want to say gloomy, but this time that we find our nation. God, it's going to take the church to rise up in truth and excitement. God, for your power and presence to be known in the earth. So I pray, God, if we shook some hearts this morning, God, that we would we'd answer the call. We want to be offended. We want to be scared. We want to be timid. God, we'd say, yes, God, I'm willing to do that. I'll set aside so that you can help me. I need you. God, we choose you. And so if you're here today, and maybe, you know what, I know I was kind of talking to some Christians today, but if you're here today and maybe you've never made that, that decision, we call it a decision for Christ a moment where we call it being born again or getting saved, where you, you say, it's the ultimate surrender, where you say, God, I believe that you gave your son, Jesus. Uh, and if I believe in him, then I'll be offered eternal life. And I'm a wreck, I'm a mess, I need help, I need your presence, God, I need your peace. And so if you're here today and you want to make that decision, or maybe you've made that decision before and you've even fallen away, and you need restoration, today with your Savior.
This applies to you. So you've either never done that, you never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, or you have and you've fallen away and you want to make him Lord again. Right now, I want to ask everybody uh, who's already born again and saved to pray right now for the lost. If that's, if that's you, you've never done that right now. Everyone's praying for you. I want you to stand up. Stand up right now. Pastor Ian, why do I have to stand? This is a public place. No one's looking at you. No one's watching. You have to stand because if God is, if he's really speaking to you right now, and you can hear him and you know it, he's speaking to you because you feel it on the inside, then why would you let this moment pass you by? The, the king of kings is talking to you. And, he, and he's not mad at you. Uh, he loves you. He, he, want, he wants to expand not just the kingdom of God. He wants to download his life into you today. So if that's you, I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Don't let this moment pass you by. That thing you're looking for, it's here. It's here. Amen. Well, Father God, Lord, we thank you again. I thank you that based on our deeds, everyone here this morning is shown to be saved, God. So I ask your blessing as we go. Lord, as we're dismissed, God, we would see and know how blessed we are. God, this week moving forward, God, we would, be a, we would choose to be a, a good spy. God, a spy that delivers hope and truth. God, to help other believers. God, that we would rally together uh, for you, Father. God, so we love you and we thank you. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen.